0: It helps you feel in control of that's yourself. I feel like it helps you feel control of yourself because the whoop's a part of you. You wear it for so mm-hmm. long and it's like, oh, I hit my 30-day milestone. Sweet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a bond. You're bonding with the technology that's you're just wearing all the time. And it's, oh, I don't want my whoop to run out of battery because I need to see how well my body's doing.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back or welcome to another episode of the Feeding Curiosity podcast. I'm your host, Eric Wenzel, as always. Fitting Curiosity explores human experience. Through conversations, we can learn from other people with their ideas, their habits, routines, and anything else they've picked up along the way. It's through these conversations that we can have blueprints to live better in any form. I hope you look at your own life with just a little bit more curiosity. Today on the podcast, I am joined by my friend, Mike Tacona. He's been on the podcast a couple times before. And in this particular episode, we talk about his experiences with joining the Whoop community. And if you're a longtime listener to the podcast, you know how much I enjoy wearable technologies like Whoop and Aura Ring. And now Mike has been wearing his for just about just over a month at the time of this recording. And as you all know, too, or in previous conversations, Mike is a registered nurse and one thing that I really enjoy talking about wearables in general is that the impact that these devices can have for people with high stress jobs. And so I really wanted to get his take on what he's been learning and gaining by wearing Whoop. And really, this is a step one conversation since he hasn't been wearing it for too long. This kind of prefaces his opinions Early on, what he's gaining, what he's excited about, and what he hopes to use this technology for. In a day, I think technologies like Whoop and others of this class of wearables, as I define them, can be massive tools for individuals to have agency. Basically, how does their body respond to all aspects of their life, not just physically, but also mentally, and then provide you with insights so that you can adjust your behaviors to perform your best in all the situations that you want to. And so with that, everyone, please enjoy this conversation with Mike Tacona. Mike Tacona has arrived. Hey. What's Dude, up? This is so cool. I really appreciate you making the time to do this. I know it's been it's been a wild year just in general. you right.
0: I live a stone's throw away. So. I know.
1: But it's cool. And and so the reason we're doing this one, though, is you finally got onto the world of modern wearables. Oh,
0: my God, I did. I.E. Whoop. Finally.
1: And so many people, if you've listened to me rant and rave about the technology here on the podcast, now I get to rant and rave with a friend.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's
1: going to be a wild one. I'm just really excited to just, one of the things I've always really enjoyed about it is just, People wearing these new class of wearables that measure your HRV is a big differentiator, I think, for people who work in high stress jobs. And so, with that, just go ahead and explain what your jobs slash jobs are.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I have two jobs, but they're so I'm a registered nurse and I work maybe close to sixty hours a week every week. One job is inpatient, working with surgical patients, and the other one I give vaccines. You know that, right? Yep. So, one of the main things that I noticed was I was really getting crummy sleep. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it was probably some stress slash anxiety, actually anticipation of the following day, Mm -hmm. going back and caring for the same sick people. And uh, I was really struggling to get a good night's sleep. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And that's when you're like, get a wearable, get the woo, (laughs) get something. And I was like, no, I'll be fine. But like six months later, I just, I constantly have these purple bags under my eyes, mm-hmm. constantly tired, like you know, sleep deprived, like sleep crazy. deprived at work. I'm not as excited anymore. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I felt like it had to do with my sleep. So that's why I jumped in.
1: Yeah. It's really interesting to me. Cause I remember you mentioning some stuff about the nursing schedule where, you know, you're on, yeah. is it on three off four or is it on four off three? Well, I can't remember.
0: So yeah, technically, but it's not in a row. Yeah. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, you work three days a week, it's 12 hour shifts, but realistically it's 12 and a half, 13, Mm -hmm. even more a little bit, depending. And if they ever offer overtime, stuff like that, which they were for a long time during the pandemic, you're working a lot. So you're there with the same person bending over backwards for somebody to make sure they're comfortable and safe. And that's really taxing when you're doing it many days in a row, trying to work many hours. And when you're on on your off days you're like you, you're just so exhausted you can imagine like if you're only off one or two days that first day is
1: just trying to catch up on as much sleep so yeah. you sleep like 10 hours right. in one day so like sleep at least from what i've known and like just seen from data is the sleep consistency being able to go to bed and wake up mm-hmm. at the same time roughly every day regardless of the day is like huge just getting your circadian rhythm back but even as a nurse, I think you were going through a period where you're like on night shift or over, not like evening shift. Yeah. And then you'd fluctuate back into like day shift sometimes. I, I was
0: on the, the PM shift, which was actually eight hour shifts, but then they also threw a 12 hour shift in there too. So I was working an extra day, four days a week of work. It's not bad. Imagine you're caring for your mom, right? Mm-hmm. Your mom's sick and you have to care for her. And bend, like I said, bend over backwards to her every whim. You need to make sure she's safe. She's not going to get injured, all that stuff. But then- Imagine you can't say anything you want to to your mom. You know uh, what I mean?
1: Yeah, you have to hold your tongue
0: because right. At least in the inpatient. You got to be nice. So it's not only just... it could Customer
1: be, service, customers, right? It is
0: customer <laughs> service. They tell you it's customer service. So not only is it just physically demanding at times, it's just mentally exhausting too. Like always having to have a face on. And yeah. I, I can understand the pressures of celebrities even always having to have a face on. And you see so many of them coming out with depression and stuff because... It's so hard to do that for like so you long. You have to put
1: a mask on quite right. literally. <laughs> so
0: now I just, uh, I've adjusted over my years. That was a while back. Now it's just like, I'm just myself. You know what I mean? And That's the the long time nurses are just themselves.
1: Yeah. I feel know? like that's just like the training wheels. Like mm-hmm. you just got to learn how to interact at some point or like what you need to do to get people to be comfortable is the big thing.
0: So that on top of that and then switching your schedule from going into work at 3 p.m. till about midnight and then on a whim just coming in at seven till seven, Mm -hmm. something like that. And then 11 to 11, something like that too. So it's shift work. That's what it is. So we do it because it's not just about us, right? You're not, it's not just about you. Yeah, you're doing it for a paycheck, but when you have that mentality of I'm caring for somebody else rather than just myself, rather than just the paycheck, it can be taxing on you and that really affects your sleep. I would think so because if you can't leave your job at your job and you're thinking about your day and it's just, you're worried about this person and worried about going back to them and worried that when you go back, worries, 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 stack <laughs> on. Yeah, for sure. How how can you relax and actually go to bed? You can, you're going to fall asleep eventually, but how impactful is that going to be? And that's what was awesome about the whoop mm-hmm. because those crummy days like that, you wake up the next morning, you're like, I thought I slept great, but Clearly, that I had something on my mind. (laughs) Yeah, right? clearly something stressed the hell out of you. Yeah. Stress, for sure. Stress, for sure. Have you noticed,
1: because of the way that HRV is this window into the nervous system, have you noticed when you have a really stressful day at work that it will bleed over into the next day?
0: God, yeah. And, okay, not only just from work, so now I'm getting into trading, like everybody doing stuff. Crypto stuff? stuff. But I'm (laughs) fixated on it because that's the person I am. The other day I was, I went to bed in a reasonable time, but I was just so like researching the stocks. What stocks are going to be up tomorrow? What stocks going down now? How's the crypto doing? How's all my portfolio doing and checking all that stuff out. I woke up the next day. My recovery was like 16. I'm like, that's because I was, I clearly very stressed out about all this stuff. And that's at the, that was maybe two weeks ago or something when I saw that. And I was like, holy smokes. I don't want to keep doing that because I was on such a good track record, exercise, rest, watching my strain, trying to be optimal strain, and then when my recovery is good, I go balls to the walls. Mm-hmm. I've also noticed, like, weight loss, physical gain, strength, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Just general energy just improved. <laughs> not even technically, I'm not even getting more sleep.
1: Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. So your overall sleep is roughly the same? but Yeah,
0: between, like, I'd say average is about six to six and a half hours.
1: Okay. That's about the average of America mm-hmm. in general.
0: Well, it's definitely helped me with my circadian rhythm for sure, too. Like Consistency. Because I'm thinking, okay, I need to wind down. I need to make sure I'm focusing on my recovery and my sleep. And it it gears me to not be like, ah, I'm going to read for an hour like when I should be sleeping. Or I sh- I'm going to watch the rest of the show. And then I end up watching another show. Getting I'm- sucked into something,
1: whatever it right. is.
0: Because that's no longer on. That's not. Recovery is not on your mind when you're thinking about relaxing without wearable. Yeah. For a lot of people, I feel. So just to have something that's tracking your data, it's in your consciousness and you're going to be mindful of that and you're going to react to that and you're going to turn off the stuff and you're going to just try to sleep. (laughs) You know what I mean? But Yeah. uh, yeah,
1: that's what I really love about these technologies. Like they don't intrude on your life, but they nudge you in a way that, Hey, if you put the effort in to track these things consciously, then you'll be able to just be less invested in your behaviors. When someone tells you you should not eat a certain thing or maybe you should not drink as much or whatever, not do a specific behavior that you like really enjoy doing and do more often than you maybe should because that's why someone might be nudging you not to do it.
0: It helps you feel in control of yourself. I feel like it helps you feel control of yourself because the whoop's a part of you. You wear it for so long and it's like, oh, I hit my 30-day milestone. Sweet. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's (laughs) a bond. You're bonding with the technology that's you're just wearing all the time. And it's, oh, I don't want my whoop to run out of battery because I need to see how well my body's doing.
1: They nailed it in a sense. I don't really talk about this too much, but the comfortability aspect of it. Like, oh, yeah. I've, most of the time, I forget that it's even there. Where is it? I don't have it with me. It's upstairs, but I bought, so I have, I used to wear a Fitbit a long time ago and it, I was kind of comparing stuff and I have- the box of the halo which is the amazon version of the fitbit and so what i've noticed about a lot of these like first generation wearables is what i'll call them is that they're really bulky like the thickness of the it's more of a watch and what i noticed about whoop is it's actually it's wider but it's thinner and so it doesn't get caught on stuff like normal watches especially like some of the smart watches nowadays they get like really thick and they feel like you could beat someone with them. <laughs> I'm looking at your other watch. It yeah, my reminds, the G-Shock. Yeah, it reminds you of those, like, the Garmins and stuff that are for, like, yeah. the, the hikers and stuff hikers, like that. Hikers, runners, and so, bikers. What that, I think that's one of the big things, because I remember hearing a lot of, like, people with wearables in general, it's like some people just don't like wearing things on their wrist and especially don't like sleeping with something on their wrist. And so, like, for me, like, I don't really ever have issues with it, and it's one of the most, like, interesting band designs like it self tightens rather than you having to adjust it and then like it's sliding up and down your wrist if it's not the right tightness and stuff it just has this level of precision that it just disappears and so you don't even have to think about it
0: yeah no I don't worry about it at all I wear it in the shower Mm -hmm. I wear it to bed I wear it for everything and I, after work, I just wash it off a little bit, but
1: yeah, I normally only take it off for the shower and just sometimes yeah. I'll wear it in the shower so I can like clean the band or something like that. But for yeah. the most part, I don't really even take it off for more than 10 minutes. Just I cause. just leave it on. <laughs> it's really interesting.
0: It's and part of me now.
1: The, even the charging, that it's the most unique charging version I've ever seen of oh, these things just to have a little batter pack that slides over the top.
0: Sounds like we're selling this. But
1: it's kind of is. No, like, it,
0: it sells itself, man. You just have you to just, try it.
1: Yeah. Because at first, even I was hesitant. Like, I looked at it probably three or four times before I even bought it. And I'm like, man, it sounds expensive, yeah. Like you got to pay. I think it's you like- You get a, what you pay for. It's like a hundred. So the, the I guess that's just the difference of this thing too, is is most wearables you pay for the hardware. Yeah. So you pay like like Fitbit or, or even an Apple. It's the
0: opposite, yeah.
1: So you pay for those up front. It's a couple hundred dollars or the cheap end. It's like maybe 80 or so. And then you don't you don't have to worry about anything as long as you take charge or you don't break it. But in, in Whoop, you're basically paying up front to use the app, which is...
0: And then they give you the band for free. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so they subsidize the hardware over six months, and then you have to pay monthly afterwards because mm-hmm. it's they basically make a bet and say, we provide enough value that the hardware is just like what we give you in return is better i guess oh, I'm,
0: I, I swear to goodness it's it become i don't want to say it's like a friend but it just becomes ingrained in you
1: yeah they call it a coach for that reason yeah, so
0: if you were to stop your subscription you'd be like oh man i feel lost personally <laughs> at least for me because it helps me so drastically with my routine mm-hmm. it really helped me develop a good routine back to the battery pack real quick yeah go ahead I love how you can put it on your your wrist, and sometimes I forget it's there. <laughs> like, I go to work, I'm like, shit, i left the back- battery pack on. That's how easy it is to charge this thing. Because
1: it, it, it's like one of the big problems with old wearables is you take it off your wrist, yeah. and then you, you have the option to forget to put it back up. Like,
0: like the Apple Watch. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have one. I don't wear it at all. Really? No, I don't wear it at Do all. Do you know
1: what the battery life on your Apple Watch was?
0: <sighs> Not Just good out of enough. Curiosity.
1: I feel like it was like How six to charge hours it every day. Like no, uh,
0: I was more than six hours. It depends what you do with right. like activity and exercise and stuff and like doing a run and like it tracks GPS. Yeah. That's when you want a Garmin in my opinion.
1: Cause it has like the low energy versions of stuff.
0: Yeah. it's built for that. Yeah. Whereas the uh, double watches, it's more just fancy.
1: Yeah. And that's the other thing too, that I, I also really like about the, this new class of wearable technology that's coming out is, is the lack of notifications. So there's no screen on a whoop No. um, and it doesn't vibrate and stuff like that. And I remember when I was wearing, it might've been a Vivo fit, which is a Garmin wearable. (laughs) It was like popular during the first days of the Fitbit. And I was feeling like a hipster and didn't want to be a Fitbit guy.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I don't like the Fitbit. And,
1: And it would vibrate. So I had, it would do like Bluetooth to your phone and I would remember wearing it at the gym. And I was like, man, every time this thing goes off, it destroys your focus because yeah. it's vibrating on your wrist. And at the time, I remember watching like a TED Talk or something about focus, like your brain. It was like your brain on distraction. And it was like, yeah, every time you get like a notification of some kind, be it a vibration or- oh, it throws you off. It's like your brain takes 15 minutes to come back to a focus state. So I was like, oh, here we go. It's like, I have this thing on my wrist that's just every time I yeah. get a text message, who knows what the cadence is of that. Once an hour, you're losing 15 minutes of every hour.
0: Yeah. at least it's all being in a conversation, and it's very noticeable in a conversation. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm talking to somebody, and then like they check their phone, and then I at first they were into like what I'm saying and actually talking back, not just being like oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. but then they check their phone and like oh yeah, oh, mm, you're right, yep. And then that's when <laughs> usually the the disconnect. The, yeah, and it just dissolves. So, I agree with that because when you're focusing on a nice run and you're in your groove. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just hit a mile. Oh, great. For some people, <laughs> maybe that drives them more, but like it throws you out of your flow. Oh, yeah. Oh, like I can just run on the treadmill with this thing. Cause I used to always run with a wearable or not wearable, like Apple Watch or I had one of those. Some sort of sport watch. Sport watch. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I feel like the lack of information that you're receiving is good. Mm -hmm. And this can also track GPS too.
1: Yeah. So you can do runs and stuff. I think it uses a version of the whatever operating system that you have
0: Mm -hmm. on it. You just have to check on your phone later.
1: This is one of the features that I really enjoy that's newer. It didn't have this initially. It's called a strain coach. Oh, yeah. Basically, the functionality there is that it will take your recovery for that day and give you a basically optimal strain to hit. And I guess at this point, we should describe what the strain is because this is unique. Yeah,
0: go for it. I'm actually going to look at my strain coach right now and see if I have anything to say about it.
1: Yeah. So so for Whoop in general, it uses a metric called strain, which is different than really any other wearable. Most other wearables use like a calorie metric or they make up their own metric around like activity points. However, they decide to categorize where your heart rate is at <clears throat> or they just count steps which we can get into steps later. I don't know if you have any thoughts on steps, but there's actually a fun stance on steps that I can <laughs> probably upset some people who are more casual by having the stance.
0: <laughs> I, I feel like steps, it's, it's a subpar metric for strain. Yeah. It, it's, it's a poor filler.
1: Categorically steps, not all steps are created equal. Is the nicest way I can put it. <laughs> Fair. <That's laughs> and, good. and so it's a, ste- a running step is not the same as a walking step or a tiptoeing step for that matter. But if your accelerometer in your band picks up a step, there's a chance that it's still going to count your step as whatever. What was you know, your heart rate? Optimal now? step. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's going back to strain. So strain in whoop is based on the average heart rate throughout a day or a period of activity. In whoop, the scale starts from zero to 21 mm-hmm. the scale itself is logarithmic so meaning that the higher you go it takes double the effort I'm not don't quote me on that but ideally it was like it's not additive it's multiplicative so going from like a 4 strain is a lot harder to go to that to 18 like you have, to oh, have yeah. a, a way more sustained level of exertion based on your level of fitness yeah. than doing just the three mile run.
0: When you see that too, I do multiple activities where I run and then I lift weights. Mm-hmm. So I have two different strains for exercise going one after the other. So for my run, let's say I do a pretty heavy run and I get a strain of 14 or something. I end that, then I see my total strain and then I go lift weights afterwards. It completely resets it. It's like your activity strain. You're like, oh, that's going to get added on to my current strain. Not at all. It's like, oh, my strain only went up two like that. Yeah,
1: your total day strain doesn't go up. Mm. Getting a 14 plus a six isn't going to get you to 20. No. So (laughs) it's it's more like a 14 plus the six is going to get you maybe probably around 15 something.
0: I I don't know for sure.
1: Yeah. But so if you actually want to look this up, it's based off of a, I want to say, is an exercise scientist or a physiologist he came up with a scale called the Borg scale. And so the Borg scale is basically his way of doing a quick and dirty method of average heart rate over an activity and you divide it. So if your average heart rate is 40 over a given thing, then you would get a four. Mm. And if your average heart rate is like 180, you get an 18 vice versa. Okay. So it's, it's a more refined version of that. And they just put 21 as like their peak in the model. Cause I don't think, I don't remember. Don't quote me on this. I'll just find it in a link for it, but I don't think the scale itself goes up to 21. I think it might stop at 20. I'm not sure. I can't remember, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting because it's all backed by math, which is really, which makes it even more interesting because the other part is that the more you use this, it, it will eventually, or in theory, you should be able to do the same type of workout, run the same distance at the same pace or run the same distance at a faster pace mm-hmm. and get less strain mm-hmm. because it's showing that you're physiologically adapting where your, your body's just more efficient at that activity.
0: Yeah. And that's what you notice too. When you, cause I started working out, I actually the, I ran the marathon. I just took a break from running and I started running again. Once I got the whoop and Mary bought that, iFit fit treadmill, the Nordic mm-hmm. track. So I'm like, hey, I'll start running again. And then you start to notice that trend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two weeks ago, it was crazy how fast I could progress with this thing on now. Really? Yeah. Because when I first started running, it was different. And yeah, I had some knowledge of how to increase my endurance, but using this for optimal and peak performance strain and then monitoring recovery based off that, you don't over-exercise anymore. Yeah. I was a big over-exerciser. I'd ride my bike to work, and then I'd ride my bike to the gym, then I'd exercise, and I'd ride my bike home sometimes Mm. when I used to work at Kuma's, when I was like 160 pounds or something like that. And maybe my body was just generally like really well fit. But I felt like I was doing that too much. And that's what I don't want to say I got injured. I didn't. I got burnt out, though. When I started feeling just weak all the time, I didn't have energy to do things for the most part. So using this, it's like I could balance my strain, my work and my relaxation in a much mind, more mindful way.
1: Yeah, I definitely would agree with that. It's It gives you this idea or a way to gauge whether or not you're creeping into that overtraining mode. Oh, yeah. Mode. Where you, or it's like maybe today you could still work out, just don't go ham. <laughs>
0: yeah, I kind of miss, I kind of missed my point there when I was talking about over-exercising because I was already in shape when I was doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. But the build-up to that was a lot longer than I started working out with like 40-ish recovers ago, working out, meaning starting to run again. And from then, it was hard for me to run a mile. Really? It was hard. I, I could not run a full mile. I was huffing and puffing like crazy. And mm-hmm. granted, I diet and did some weight loss, but like, Within forty days, like I'm able to run a two mile in under fifteen minutes, with inclines. I was shocked. Probably better. Because I have some periods of recovery where like I'm like in the nineties mm-hmm. and my HRV is like over. It's like close to one twenties, which yeah. I think is pretty good. And then when my strain's really low, I'm like I'm gonna take a rest day. Yep. I'm not gonna go feel like I have to go exercise again. I take a rest day, and I relax. I take my CBD oil, mm-hmm. non, the non psychoactive CBD oil. Obviously, I don't like that stuff. Don't drink. Yeah, that's plenty of water. That hydration. was one of the big ones. <laughs> you focus on all those things you don't necessarily think about. When your recovery is crap, you shouldn't drink. You should drink plenty of fluids. You need to eat. You need to maybe stretch. You need to just take care of your body. Be wholesome towards yourself.
1: Is there anything that you've noticed within your routine?
0: Really good. Blue light blocking glasses and water a couple hours before bed. Hydration. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if I don't have enough water before bed, I feel like my... my I wake up the next morning. I'm like, what's my recovery? I don't know how I feel yet. I just woke up and I'm like, oh man, it's not too good, but you know, I still feel okay. And then midway throughout the day, I'm not even thinking about my recovery anymore because I'm working. Right. I'm just like, oh, I'm just tired. <laughs> I'm just tired. But uh, then when my recovery is good and I was hydrated the night before, you don't wake up feeling like dry mouth and all that stuff. You don't feel like you're like trying to nourish yourself so much in the morning. You can just have your, I have a protein shake. I have, maybe my diet coke i like diet coke it's not the best thing to have but whatever and i don't feel like i have to i don't feel as hungry i don't, there's a lot of interesting things that i've noticed I, I don't know if i can pinpoint what the cause of me feeling a certain way is but i have noticed trends with definitely the blue light blocking glasses definitely water and breathing too that was my third point oh really oh yeah Doing, uh, doing breathing exercises before bed is insanely good. Yeah.
1: That's interesting. I would, but it, I guess it makes sense because it's like meditation because it, it, it does the same. It's usually focused around the same thing, doing deep breathing.
0: It's funny. I watched, I was going to watch a show and I'm like, I want to watch a show, right? So I'm in bed and I'm scrolling. I'm like, which show do I want to watch? And I saw this, the Headspace on Netflix, and I always just skip over it. I'm like, you know, maybe I should just check that out. <laughs> Let's just see. What, what are they saying about sleep? And then they're like, this British lady is talking in the microphone very calmly. And I'm like, oh, this is dumb, but I'm going to keep watching anyway. She's like, all right, now close your eyes. I'm like, okay, let's close my eyes. Inhale four, hold four, you know, and then exhale six. I'm like, all right, let's try it. And then she runs you through this whole thing. It's just like guided breathing. And then you have to count down from a thousand. I fell asleep. I don't even remember counting past nine nine 960. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because like you start counting down and it's 970. And the next thing you know, 969 turns into some random shit you did during the day. You're like, what, what the <laughs> fuck? You know what I mean? All right, back up to 970. And then you start seeing 970 and then it just turns. And then you start. You stop, like, saying the number. It just turns into the number. It's just like, just see the number, but you're not saying the number. Like, the inner voice is gone. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And then literally, like, I'm telling you, by 969, you're, like, thinking of something else. And you have to come back and make basically meditation. Yeah. That's your, your mantra is just counting down from a 1,000. And I, sw- shit, you're not, but 950 or something, I fell asleep. <laughs>
1: That's amazing.
0: Like, one and a half minutes, probably, mm-hmm. of just having this, doing this thing. And I'm like, oh, my God. I looked at my recovery the next day. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> It works. That's why they ask you, did you do any deep breathing on the app right. in the journal, right? You use meditation. Yeah. I lo-
1: the journal is like one of the coolest things because then it, it'll tally all that stuff in your monthly review to give you an idea of
0: what is doing you good and not doing you so good. For sure. Exactly. So it's like you do something like, oh, it actually didn't work. What else was the problem? Then you're able to decipher through what it was. So I'm still working with the journal, so I don't have clear enough data on, on like your like, what, 4,000 recovery or whatever
1: you did. <laughs> 986, 900
0: 986, Yeah, I'm I like think. 40, so. Yeah. It's a work in progress, and a lot of times I just swipe it down. I don't really use it all, which <laughs> I should. I'm like, oh, I'll remember it. I'll remember it. I got to go to work. I'm not going to focus on doing that real quick. It's going to take me too long. Did I actually, how many gram milligrams of caffeine did I actually drink throughout today? And I'm like, one, two, I'm like, "Ah, I can't do this. I'm like, how much is a cup of coffee? Shit. I don't know how much caffeine it was. Funny. (laughs) It's hilarious. I shouldn't uh know. I tell you
1: everything in my head beforehand. I like, like, I've gotten to the point where I just know what I'm taking for the most part. I take almost everything I get regimented so that I do everything around the same time every day. Yeah. So I don't have to think about it.
0: <laughs> hey, there you go.
1: And so that I could just wake up and be like, okay, I know I did this around that and this around there. And it's less, it's more art than
0: science sometimes. And all this too, it sounds like it's a lot of hassle. But when you're talking about yourself, I don't know. It just. You don't think of it as a hassle. You think of it as a yeah, some essential people can, tool. It's
1: over information overload. Like, yeah. is this too much to just manage?
0: Right. And maybe some people who wear it, but I, I don't go on whoop reviews or anything. But all the people that I know say they love it.
1: I think if you're an athlete or someone who's already do, does this kind of, I don't even know, level of self-help or hmm. if you've done anything with diet related. I'm not saying you got to go keto or something, but if you've done any level of meal prep in some degree. I feel like this is just an evolution on top of that in some sense, or it's maybe you just don't really, at least for me, because I'm more introverted. I really like just being able not to interact with a human and tell them about what I'm doing. I'd much rather just have an impartial source that I can just check because I know what I'm doing already and gauge my changes off of that.
0: Yeah. It gives value to your daily choices. Yeah. And that, I feel like that's something really cool to have because we're always thinking about the crossroads. Like, oh, if I do that, well, then this and that can happen. You're thinking about all your different outcomes, at least you know, like a stressed out or anxious person definitely th- thinks that way all the time. If I do this then that's going to happen, then you go down the rabbit hole, but it just puts it there. So you're like at ease. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Like this choice can cause me to feel this way or like what I did yesterday made me not sleep as well or made my recovery not so mm-hmm. good. Or I didn't work out as hard yesterday. I could work out harder today based yeah. off of what I'm seeing.
1: Oh, that's I'll one of the other fascinating things too, is what I've noticed if I do like too many days in a row of not working out enough, I'll have worse recoveries. So if my strain is too low over a couple of days, then my, if I'm not using enough energy, then your, my recovery starts getting worse.
0: Now would, okay. I see some people on these leaderboards, they have 90 plus percent recovery every day. Yeah. Is that like actually possible? And is that a good thing or is that?
1: It could be. I don't know what they're doing. Some people are probably just like freaks (laughs) where they just recover really well, no matter what they throw their body at. Right. There. It's also too, is like getting a red recovery. So in, in the scale, when you get a percentage of recovery from, you can't have zero because you'd probably be dead.
0: If you got a zero, <laughs> so I don't H R V.
1: Yeah. Like I'm like, I, sh- I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, is it possible you even have a zero? It probably is, but like not a living human couldn't get a zero. But <laughs>
0: well, you could get a zero. Maybe if you just didn't sleep, you stayed up 48 hours. So you miss a recovery because you're awake.
1: That could be it. Yeah. Stay up for 24 hours. Cause yeah, you didn't sleep. So there's no way to get a recovery. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess maybe just not having a recovery for that day is zero. But so like we're talking about like good and bad recovery, but being green or being in the red, which is below. So it's in thirds. So zero to 33% is red and then 34 to 66 is yellow. And then from 67 to hundred is green. So basically, like being in the red is not a bad thing. It's more of a signal to say, "Hey, you're put your, the
0: brakes on a little bit." Yeah,
1: like your body's saying, telling you something that you're just stressed out. Yeah, and it could be you've worked out too much, or life is getting to you, and that could be a lot of different things. Like it could be like work, like you've already been saying, yeah. or it could be that you're just training too hard. Like for me, what I'll do is I, I love bike riding, and so there'd be days where I'm like, I'm not super recovered, but I'm just gonna go ham, especially like with this really slow spring. I've been just trying to ride my bike when the weather agrees True. as much as possible. Cause when it's colder, it's not fun riding a bike. No. <laughs> and then I'll just push myself a little bit more than I should. And so then it'll give you like overexerting. And then I'll notice that I'll have a worse recovery the next day because it's, you went way out of your normal workout volume for that day.
0: Yeah. I feel that a good recovery for a week for an average person, maybe like for me, I feel that I have like maybe one or two green days, mm-hmm. majority yellow days. If I'm lucky, it's pretty much all yellow and then two, one or two greens. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that's just optimal. Like it, be, it seems like it would be bad, but I'm able to recover well enough on that one day to last me throughout the week. Mm-hmm. But once you hit that red, that's when you, you got to just slow down. You should, you got to relax. <laughs> you got to maybe get a massage or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, th- those definitely help for sure. And I think... At least for me, I would say it's not uncommon for me to be like, get a green day and be like, oh, I'm not wasting this like 80 something percent recovery. I'm going to go ham. Today. That's a
0: huge driver for and, me. And then
1: I'll, I'll go ham that day. And then it, sometimes I'll even bounce all the way down yeah. to red the next day because I went ham the day before.
0: Yeah,
1: And that's I don't think that's a bad thing. And that it just it,
0: means you need to take a day off. Yeah. Or I just mean, do something light, optimal. Just,
1: yeah. Stretch, do like recovery based workouts, mm-hmm. functional or just dog slash walk, anything it, that keeps the heart rate.
0: And it's not saying that you can't go hard every day. You can.
1: Oh, you definitely can.
0: <laughs> but it's going to, what it's telling us is that over time, it's just going to probably degrade your body faster. Mm-hmm. Your body's just not going to be in that optimal shape. Like you can work out constantly every day and then overtrain. And you're not going to be as strong as you could be if you just followed this and yeah. just took those much needed rest days doing something a little bit lighter. Yep. Some people are like, I know David Goggins, he's a freak, right? <laughs> yes,
1: for sure. He says he
0: probably says be in the red every fucking day.
1: <laughs> so if you're not if you're not going ham every day, then you're not. I don't, getting after it, as they would say.
0: I I don't know. I want to look up that guy's injury reports. Oh yeah, like, he's he's got a lot of. He's gotten injured quite a lot.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. I think I know
0: why. Sure, mind over matter is important for achieving certain goals, but mind over matter every single day is a little. You got to take care of yourself. You're going to be more prone to illness and sickness. And I don't think that you should go ham every single day. You're not going to see the game.
1: Not as even as an average person, right? Like not everyone is an Olympic athlete or whatever. It depends on the thing that you're aiming for too. Yeah. Like, I think that's one of the cool things that I really like. That's why I wanted to start with talking about your job because I think, This goes hand in hand with strain because strain can be this model. It not only helps how much you're pushing yourself in the minute to minute in your workout, but it Mm. tells you how much you're being stressed by the quality of your, like the.
0: Yeah, just the work you do. Like, yeah, your job. Like my job, like. Physical. Like every, (laughs) almost every single day I'm at work, it's above 10 every single time.
1: And that just shows how much you're moving around all day.
0: And like my typical heart rate for exercise is I don't really know 100%. But if, let's say I'm pushing it 160s to maybe it'll max out like upper 190s. So you
1: like zone four, zone three.
0: Yeah, exactly. So the fact that like I'm there when I'm doing like a 30 minute run, but then throughout the day at work, I'm still pushing over a 10.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm hustling. Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? I would like to see what it's like, like when I used to work at Kuma's as a, at the restaurant, what my yeah, strain would have been like. The
1: pace is not as intense.
0: Well, the pace, okay, it was. Or maybe it was just. It was intense, intense but it was. You're not as. I'm not as stressed out at Kuma as so I can just chill mm-hmm. and work hard and move around and like, I wanna, wanna get a soda and drink a soda. Let me sample a beer or let me get right. some of them fries. There's not the as the much mental
1: baggage. You know, there's metal job. music
0: hanging out. Yeah, the mental baggage isn't wearing you down. So, like, even just sitting down on a computer and monitoring my stocks, like, my heart rate's gonna increase. So, you're gonna even get a little bit of strain from that. So, it's more about. I feel like whoops, not, it's the reason why I like it. It's not just solely about your muscles and your physical (laughs) fitness. It's about your mental fitness and your mental resilience to stressors, to strains and how you can recover from your mental stressors and the strains. So, When I do those breathing exercises and stuff, even if I work the next day, my recovery will be super good. It's awesome. (laughs) But if I have to go to a family gathering early the next morning and I just got home from work, I really wanted to have this time to myself and (laughs) I don't want to have to go and just hang out with family and be like, oh, you want me to go home? My recovery will be crap. Yeah. I've noticed that on those holidays where I'm like, this is my one day off a week. And I'm just like ripping my hair out the <laughs> night before. Oh, why do we got to do this? But then on days where I go to work, now I'm good enough to the point where I, I'm expecting. I know it, I know. I can handle the day. I know I can mm. take care of the, the work that's ahead of me. And I don't worry about it. Because I can take on I can take on anything. I know so much now that it doesn't bug my, my, my consciousness.
1: Yeah. Or affect your mood.
0: Affect my mood. It doesn't affect my mood. I say consciousness a lot. It doesn't affect my mood. So then my recovery is great and I'm going to work. It's awesome. Then I have a good day. And I'm like, hey, how's your morning? How's your morning? Just you Rolls know? right off. Those are the best days when you go into work and you're like, hey, good morning, Joe. Morning, Mike. It's like, yeah. today's going to be a good day.
1: Well, I think that's like the part of this. Like, I remember when I really, I think it was when I first got into to Whoop, it was like, we, I was right about finishing college and I remember having to write this paper and we were taking a quality class. And it was supposed to be like a paper on defining a quality process. So comparing two products together and saying which one's a better quality or something like that, or defining something as a quality thing. At the time, I was really into the wearable space or just starting to get into it. And then also I was listening to the book, uh, Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker.
0: Yeah, I was looking at that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and so those two books and plus having this real firsthand data that I was looking at, I was like, man, like corporate business in general Has missed out on one of its key assets, right? As an engineer, we hyper focus on the systems and like how well does the process work and how well do our machines work and all that stuff. And I remember just looking at this and I'm like, corporate America needs to just realize that not only is the like machines itself important, but so are like the people. If you incentivize people to recover better, and it's not even, and it's not even to say that people should care about like how well they do work. Sure, everyone wants to at least perform at whatever level they want to perform, like needed to perform at. But if you allow them to recover when they leave work, they don't feel overstressed, or that they have the tools to then relieve stress, so that when they go home, they can spend the off time to come back to work recharged they don't have to work as much because they don't make as many mistakes and they can leave work because they don't feel overworked and they feel respected for the quality of work that they do. It starts creating this feedback loop where people just feel fulfilled with the time that they have to work. And then also whatever time they have to themselves, they have enough energy left over to do the things that they really care about. Be it a hobby, be it family, be it friends.
0: That's a great point.
1: Like, it's just like this idea for me is it's so much bigger than just like, it starts at the individual. But if you think about it as like an employer, if you're a manager or a boss, you really want your employees to to have the ability to recover. Like you can't just be cracking the whip behind them and be like, you need to get everything done. We need to hit numbers all the time and blah, blah, blah. That's part of it. Yes, sure. There's always crunch time. But there's also this huge part that we decided to just put, let the individual take care of and say, eh, figure it out figure out health, figure out diet, figure out whatever.
0: <laughs> With that type of business model, is that a business model in a way or employee satisfaction? It's just model?
1: A, maybe it's a societal model, cultural, societal model? Mo- cultural
0: <laughs> model. When crunch time does happen, those are going to, those types of people would outperform those who don't do any of that stuff are always under fire. I don't think Absolutely. it should be ran any other way. You need to respect people's abilities to recover and be calm and less stress. Just recharge. So, Like
1: burning people out is never a good situation.
0: No, because you got to <laughs> change the light bulb. Light bulb can only last for so long if you keep it on all the time.
1: A great way of putting it. And I use these high stress environments like nurses and doctors. And, and I think it's, it's even more apt now, given the pandemic, how crazy some of it was for some of the ERs and just those wings that just had inundated with patients. How do we start nudging people to change behaviors. Mm -hmm. And like, it's not like you have a boss who doesn't really understand what's going on in your own life. And it's maybe it's not their place to understand what's going on in your life.
0: I have a (laughs) good point that I just actually had a little epiphany of how my work actual, my work quality has changed from this. Oh, cool. So my job on the post-surgical unit is getting people's mobility up to speed. We have to get people up in the chair the day after surgery and get Mm -hmm. them up and trying to walk around and move around I've noticed I've been way less laissez-faire after I've worn this because I know (laughs) how impactful the activity. Science aside, just moving in general, trust me, you want to do this, (laughs) but I can't get out of the bed. It's like, no, you have to get out of the bed. feel better. (laughs) Oh, they get them out of the chair. They walk around. Oh, Mike, I passed gas. I'm like, see, you did it. (laughs) If you didn't, you would still be in bed with a big bloated belly cramping up a storm, nauseous and all that stuff. And if you don't take action fast and you can't get out of bed after the surgery, you're going to feel horrible and you're going to stay in the hospital longer.
1: I love it. It's so cool. I, I think you're totally right. And spot on. We, we talk about working out yeah. right? A- as like a society or as like a, even in our generation, we talk about working out almost. It's like a part of just our culture at this point as a millennial. He's yeah,
0: going to Instagram. Exactly. Everybody's working out.
1: And I think we could, it would do better if we just changed it to the idea of movement, because working out has a specific connotation with athletes, yeah. and most people don't consider themselves to be athletes. And so it's if we can encapsulate this category bigger, and we could say, Hey, if you just move a little bit, take a walk, or whatever, like walking your dog, or oh
0: it's so big. I'm
1: trying to think of other like things that people like even just riding your bike. Stretch, like, <laughs> yoga.
0: Yeah, yoga. Riding your bike, going to the mall, go to Walmart. Any, like, hobby
1: that requires you to get outside or to, yes. a, to a place that doesn't require you to sit stationary. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it it will do more benefit than harm. <laughs>
0: if I'm at home and I'm feeling just, I'm so lazy. I don't know what I want to do. I'm like, I'm going to go to the store. You go to the store. You walk in. You're like, this ain't so bad. I don't miss my bed anymore. I don't miss just being on my computer, putzing around. You're walking around. Oh, the shiny aisles. You're figuring out stuff. Oh, I'm going to start planning my meals. I'm going to start thinking about dinner. And at the same time, you're moving and you're circulating your blood. And it's just a beneficial thing to do. We even tell. That's why the... Not nothing wrong with being old, but you know the old people they go to the mall and they just walk around the mall. Yeah, that's fantastic. As you get older, you have to recognize that your body can't can only take it so much. So that's one of the greatest things you can do, especially if you're like above sixty five, mm-hmm. above sixty, whatever, depending on your physical fitness at the time, just move, garden. <laughs> what's what kind of hurts, though, as people who are, you know, about our age, they're getting to that point where men's, we're almost 30. Yep. Testosterone is going to start dipping down. That's where you get that huge divide of the guys who go to the gym and the guys who don't go to the gym. Guys who don't go to the gym, they get the gut, they're balding, they're depressed, they feel crummy. Probably they're drink not, more, maybe. Drink more. Or more
1: likely to drink. And
0: they just have less energy, less life fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And their testosterone is going lower and lower. Those are the type of people who will end up getting sicker sooner. From what I've seen.
1: It sounds about right, just right. from the, the meta-analysis of those behaviors. Right.
0: And I'm not saying you have to go to the gym and be one of those gym broy, 50 50-year-old <laughs> guys that got veins popping out of every part of their body. Just the, the guy who goes and rides his bike around mm-hmm. Bussy Woods, comes home, maybe stretches a little bit, then makes a good dinner.
1: I think you're spot on. And one of the ideas that I really love in this thing, and it probably makes me weird being so young thinking about this, but this is a, from Peter Tia. He talks about the idea of the centenarian Olympics. So imagine we had an Olympics for 100-year-olds and you have, I don't know all of them, but he's writing a book and it's one. this is one of the chapters. And so it's what are the 18 to 20 physical activities you would want to be able to do like from a mobility and strength standpoint as a 100-year-old. And so for him, he talks about if you could carry two bags of groceries around 20 pounds or something at 100, then you basically roll back the clock and assuming there's some level of de- degradation for every decade until a hundred. So basically if you say you want to be able to lift or stand up from sitting on the floor at a hundred, what should you be able to do now without support? Yeah. Or like how much should you be able to lift now? Like from a squatting standpoint, like picking up a kettlebell, like a hundred pound kettlebell off the ground. If you want to lift even just a 20 pound kettlebell at hundred, You should be able to lift like a a 30. You should probably lift around a hundred or maybe close to your body weight. So it's like this idea of, it's almost like preventative maintenance. Like you would think about a car. You don't design something to handle something when it fails. You you over-design it so that when it actually more likely to fail, you've already covered your bases. Yeah. And so it's, I don't know. I just, I find this idea really fascinating because it's like, it doesn't take a whole lot to grease the gears or something to keep. The, it's like when you don't do things and that's when things want to break.
0: Now, do you think that's an analogy more so than it is a reality? Because mm-hmm. what about thinking about your brother, Nick? I can imagine him being 100 and carrying a 20 pound kettlebell maybe. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't go around in too much weight right now. I think
1: it depends on the person. Because I, I think it's a, like a whole host of behaviors that are associated that kind of encapsulate this. Since, for instance, my brother doesn't drink very much and is generally healthier. Yeah, I think he's kept himself from having some of those issues. Cause he's also not like a fat person either. So he's not overweight and I don't think he's really at risk of being overweight unless some sort of behavior changes drastically. So this, I think this more pertains to like an average human who's more likely as you age, certain things decline. And one of those things is physical strength.
0: Right. And so
1: by creating this like mental map of here are some physical things, like physical feats that I'd like to be able to achieve. It keeps you at least engaged to do those kind of like functional fit categorical things. That's why I love kettlebells. So it's
0: more of a mindset than it is just because you're not lifting 120 pounds at 30. All, you know, as your typical workout doesn't mean you can't pick up groceries at 100. Yeah. But it's just like if that's your mentality for getting at it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's like you're trying to think in a longevity perspective of if I want to live well when I'm old.
0: That's just his shtick. I love that word shtick. Sorry. Yeah.
1: It's a. Uh, living, it's living longer. So longevity is not only living longer, but living better, living better because functionally could- <laughs> living.
0: I'm 105, but I'm been in bed since 95. Yeah. No, that's not functional living.
1: It's if you live even just a year longer, but that year longer is awful. Yeah. What's the point of living longer? True. Like if you hate living in that body for that extra year, then what is the point? And so, it's, it's and it's not only just from a physical standpoint too, this is also goes back to the mental state point of
0: it too you brought that up i was that made me think about stress
1: <laughs> like it's living longer and living better in a holistic way
0: it's funny though okay so th- this is doesn't really go off the track much actually we live our whole a lot of us i'm not gonna say we as a <laughs> population we work and work in our younger years say for retirement mm-hmm. in a perfect world and then, then when we retire we're like The whole time we're working, we're thinking about our retirement. Oh, finally. Can we to be retired? All this money I had I could spend. Go on your vacations. (laughs) Go on my vacations. But it's so funny because then when you finally retire, you're like, holy shit, I'm old. And I'm bored. I'm (laughs) old and I'm bored. I only got 40 years left or 20 years left. Shit, man, I'm under fire here. And then that stresses you out. It's like, I got to go dancing. Oh, I'm going to go drink with my boys again. And the midlife crisis stuff happens and all that crap. Buy a fancy sports car. But then other, there's... No matter what you do in life, there's going to be stress. Yeah. It doesn't escape you when you retire. It doesn't escape you (laughs) if you're on an island in a meditative retreat because then you're like, fuck, I'm on an island. God damn it. I can't just go back home. I got to take a boat. Shit. There's a lot of different things that can be on your mind. So it's just you got to find that inner peace and happiness and balance and homeostasis with everything because no matter what you do, there's going to be that stress. So if you can manage that stress now, likely when you're 100, you'll be able to manage that stress when you're 100. Yeah,
1: right? might as well put the tools in place, or not even the tools. Take do the reps now, right? Like- do the
0: reps now, <laughs> and that kind of goes. It's Peter Tia's thing from a, a stress perspective and a mental perspective. Mm-hmm. So I, so much about our bodies. We take for granted the nervous system and the mind.
1: It's like part of the awareness, and it's good that the awareness is kept from us. You don't want to know that all the process of digestion going on in your body no. at any given moment because that would be really unsettling. Right. But also part of it is just even checking in and be like, oh, wait, I actually was stressed. Or like, why... Or maybe, let's see, say you have a meeting with your boss and they mentioned something offhand and maybe it was inconsequential to your boss, but for you, it was like, damn, hold on, wait. Yeah. What do they mean when that's they a said- That's like, lingers the, with you throughout That the thing that's lingering and it's like running in the background no matter what. And it's like part of your interactions with every customer you talk to yeah. for the remainder of the day or every coworker. And maybe you have a couple of friends and you're like, wait, do you? Do, were you there in that meeting? Do you, yeah. what did you think? Like that kind of idea. Those are the things you need to like unpack for yourself because those are the things that are gonna affect how well you recover into the next day. I was just
0: going to say, then you check your <laughs> whoop the next morning. You're like, oh my God, I did everything, but my recovery is crap because that was on your mind the whole time.
1: I love this kind of thing. And even like going on to the recovery aspect is like, as someone who's really data-driven, this alone has probably helped me outside of just firsthand testimony of other driven people who are like, yeah, I use some sort of meditative practice. Maybe they don't call it meditation, but they you know call it breathing. Yeah. Like you told
0: us it, It's relaxation.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like being able to just downregulate is the fancy way of calling it.
0: If you have any form of stress, even the smallest minute fraction of stress in your body, and that comes from your mind, a lot of it. Yeah. You're going to, your hormones are going to react as such. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: That's what they're there for. You're going to wake up the next morning feeling exhausted because you weren't able to replenish those, those, the, the cortisol levels, the adrenaline levels overnight. Those are the stress response hormones to where you need to perform. You need to act. You got to work. You got to put in your daily work. If you're taking that home with you (laughs) and at work, you're working. And then at home, you maybe not working, but you're mentally working. (laughs) Like when we play WoW and I play WoW way too late. Yep. I was tired all the time. I'm like, well, I went to bed in time. My brain was mentally working after I worked all day. It was so engaged by a video game post. That's not what you call
1: relaxing. It's even though I'm relaxing, might
0: be. even though I'm sitting in my chair, I'm like, Hey, I'm playing my game. This is fun. My body's still producing those hormones that are going to make me, my heart rate's not going to be completely resting. I'm going to be tired the next day because I'm not recovering properly. And that's one of the reasons why, like, I just, just fizz, Wow. Just fizzled out.
1: Yeah. You know? I get it, man. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I got to go
0: to bed at 11. And I'm like, eh, I should probably just stop. I'll just, if I'm going to play wow, well, just chill be, be in bed at 10. Like yeah. So that's when, Instead of having to be in bed earlier, I just don't do things that are gonna make me feel stressed out so I can go to sleep when I want to and I still get a better recovery. Yeah. I've went to bed not saying I want to do this, but I've, I've let's just say I've noticed that I can function on lesser sleep if I don't do those types of activities too late in the day. yeah, simple as that.
1: It's a, it, I think it's a great way of just encapsulating it because something like video games seems so like
0: nonchalant.
1: Right, like it's like he to no do-
0: the game, the computer all day. He's not doing anything. Right, exactly. Well, your body thinks it's your body's engaged.
1: Your brain is engaged. Yeah.
0: <laughs> when I say body, I yeah. include brain, the mind-body <laughs> connection. <laughs> you're right. It's engaged the entire time. That's yep. why you're so fixated on it. Well, that's, it. that's why, why people can be addicted to it, right? Because you don't you can't leave because it's so engaging. Your dopamine, your serotonin, everything is just fluctuating, firing constantly, and that's triggering all these stress responses and hormone responses and everything just flooding in your body. I'm really into wow, by the way. I was really, if you can't tell. And so when that's happening and you're like, all right, I got to go to bed. Okay, chances are one, you won't fall asleep within the hour. You go and lay down. You got to have to wind down. You you, know, you have to wind down.
1: I don't know who's going to just be able to like do something engaging and just be like, I'm going to, unless you're sleep deprived, I can't imagine. And I was going to say,
0: unless you're sleep deprived <laughs> or you have minimal responsibilities. Yeah. And your responsibility to yourself is just to wake up and play WoW all day. Some people, that could be a fulfilling life. Some people's fulfillments in life aren't going to school and trying to get a job. The... Do I dare say mainstream now? <laughs> Before it was just that's what it was, right? But is it like mainstream to be that way? I don't know.
1: I, I think as you age in general, people will ask uh, things of you regardless of how much yeah. responsibility you try to limit.
0: Yeah, and I see that being a homeowner exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, like you have to
0: do things. Your days off aren't just days off anymore, where you can just be at home and mom, and dad clean the house and like get, get your food and all that stuff. <laughs> oh, no, you're surviving. Yeah, yeah you're like someone
1: has to take care of the lawn or
0: like even the lawn or the siding or the sinks leaking. You got to walk the dogs. You gotta- exactly.
1: That's the other thing is like you got a pet or yeah. something, right? If you don't have children, obviously, right. but children is a whole nother ball game. Right.
0: <laughs> and then subconsciously, if you have all those things and you're trying to live in this functional world where you're trying to be a functional human being. But then for eight hours a day, you're playing a video game like I was. A lot of those things get pushed off, but they're still there in your mind. The fact that, ah, like, oh, shoot, I didn't walk the dog today. Oh man, I was going to mow the lawn, but I didn't. The procrastination sense just floods over you. If you're that Mm -hmm. kind of, at heart, you're a go-getter, but you're also lazy. You know what I mean? because you enjoy your time off regardless. We're still human. (laughs) Still human. Still got to get stuff done at a a certain time. When you put all that off and then you have to go to bed and those things are weighing down on you, then there's no way you're going to get the amount of cover you need.
1: I love this conversation and we're just about an hour here. And so I think- Right now, I think this is a great intro to this kind of whole wearable stuff. Big time. Because I'm already sensing, I think, the next stage is as you wear this more, you can get a better sense of what is going to help recovery because I think we should just do a deep dive on recovery things, like all things recovery for the next time we talk, to talk about, the about CBD it. oil. Right, exactly. Fiber
0: and protein. We're going to talk about sauna. Hopefully sauna. we can do that
1: because I, I wanted to talk about it, but I'll, I'll pin it because I know you love it so I much. I love sauna, but <laughs> I haven't
0: used it in a while. So I, I want to, can you sauna with Whoop?
1: Yeah, it'll work. Ah,
0: I need to find it. So the only thing
1: is the band itself will get warm. Like just yeah, don't okay. touch your skin. It'll get hot, but outside of that. I might
0: have to get a lifetime membership.
1: <laughs> they have a sauna there. So yeah, it, I don't know
0: if... Exports open theirs up. I'm gonna call them and ask to 24 seven.
1: Yeah, they should be open now. I think oh. pandemic is weird with gyms, but
0: yeah, I just don't know if their saunas. Open. That's I know. A, that's the I only know. Reason Lif- why I kept it. Running. I know.
1: Lifetime is open.
0: So with their sauna. Funny. Before we end. Funny story. I love sauna. I love sauna <laughs> so much that I would sauna every day. I saunited before my nursing exam. I saunited before and after work, like all the time. Right. Oh, I did so many sauna experiments on myself. And with niacin too? <laughs> I haven't gone to the sauna in over a year and a half, but I'm still paying for my gym membership because I know it's such a pain in the ass to redo your pain, your uh, gym membership again because I've already canceled this gym three times. And every time I do it, it's like a different raid. It's annoying, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've paid for like over a year's worth of gym membership just for the hopes that the sauna will be open again because I don't want to have to... <laughs>
1: deal with the hassle? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway. Yeah. Next I mean, time. definitely next time. I really want to talk about that. It's a lot of fun to just go things, all things recovery. I have a lot to share there. I did write a blog on what I do for my recovery routine. I think I did, it. did I record it. I did record it. So there is also a podcast that was a while ago. So if you want to know about what my general routine is or has been, it's there. It exists on the interwebs just to basically put it out in the world and say, Hey, is this actually a thing that works for other people? And if so, then maybe you can incorporate some of the behaviors or supplements that you'll, I do.
0: You'll learn a lot about yourself you didn't know. Yeah. Even though you think what all, you'll be able to pinpoint those inaccuracies to your behavior. Mm-hmm. And just be like, I understand. It helps you be more at ease. Awareness
1: of the self, right? Yes, correct. <laughs> it's It's a lot of fun. And as always, appreciate Mike taking the time.
0: Rock and roll, brother.
1: Any other things on, to mention real quick? Nope. Cool.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say something silly about Bitcoin or something. but Go
1: ahead. Actually, yeah. Let's end with that. Let's end with your little, <laughs> no. your little not silly about Bitcoin, but just no. kind of end on what you've been doing with you mentioned already, but just with the
0: crypto stuff. I'm just going to start my own household crypto farm, even though it's the worst time to do it. <laughs> but I'm just so into I just love it. I love the fact that I just see these little gains, I just have my computer running. I'm like, Ooh, I made 50 cents. Oh my God. Now I have $20, you know what I mean? And I just want to make it so I can be able to go out to dinner like once a week.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. So I don't I- know.
1: Maybe another pin in on that one. We'll, we'll do the crypto podcast. Cause oh, I haven't really yeah, I'm done... not
0: going down that right now.
1: We're, yeah. We're not there yet. Cause no. we, haven't done, we haven't done enough research to talk about it intelligently, but that, that's definitely one of the ones that I do want to talk about because it's. A fascinating space, at least maybe just talking about Ethereum down the road. I'm,
0: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My eyes are slit right now. I'm kind of like, hmm, you know. (laughs) Ethereum is a very interesting I was all in, but now I'm a little on the fence (laughs) with some of the fishiness that I've seen. So we're just going to stop there and see what happens next time we come around.
1: Exactly. To be continued, as always. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. And as always, I'd love to hear from you. And I really just want to make this podcast the best podcast you listen to. Meaning if there's anything that you really enjoyed or any feedback for us, I would love for you to reach out on the social medias. You can find Feeding Curiosity across LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram in the usual places just by searching Feeding Curiosity. You can also send us an email or a message through the website. You can also support the work that we're doing here, including the podcast and all other content that we produce at Feeding Curiosity by either going to anchor.fm slash feeding curiosity slash support, or you can head over to the website and hit the support button and support us directly there as well. By supporting the podcast, you effectively keep us from having to deal with sponsorship and keeping the relationship that me and you the listener have as honest and open as possible. As for me, I take the idea of selling products and or sponsoring products very, very serious. Honestly, I just want to provide access to information to as many people as possible with as little of a barrier of entry as possible. At the very least, If you want to do anything to support the podcast, leave a review on the platform of choosing to subscribe, like, rate it, all that. It helps out a ton. Again, thank you all for listening and I hope you join in on the next episode.